And now, here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution, it's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. All right, back home again, home again, yeah. Just came back from my first um, mini prison tour. Prison tour? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I got um, I got a couple of prisons under my belt. It was um, they were you know county jails. They were um, places of incarceration up in Virginia, and uh, I don't think I have to give the name just yet. But uh, what an experience, man! This was just really, really amazing and wonderful. Um, just a fabulous experience. Um, I did one uh, on Tuesday night, Tuesday in the day. I did two sets at the first prison. And then I went about 100 miles south to, um, you know, I'm saying about 100 miles south of the prison. So it would be about 200 miles south of Richmond and did prison number two and did four sets and uh, it was very, very interesting. So I'm doing a kind of a prison ministry. I'm doing uh, my songs, and uh, I'm doing some songs from the Mercy album. Very, very uh, Christian. And I'm, you know, I'm doing parables and telling stories, and uh, it was just magnificent. These guys and ladies uh, came up to me after, and were shaking my hand and thanking me so much. So. Uh, and they weren't together, obviously. They, were, they com- would come in in different pods. And uh, my setup at the first one was, was a little crazy because, you know, you, they got to check everything in and, you know, you got to go through, you got to lock up your keys, can't take your phone in and all, all this kind of thing. And uh, they come to me and say, well, you know, to go to the ladies, we have to go to a different uh, room. And I'm like, I got to tear everything down again. You know, I had a small PA system, but you know how it is. You got to tear down the Bose Tower and put it on a wagon, you know, get your guitar and your mic stands and all of this stuff. But they were very helpful and um, helped me through the whole process. But it was just very, very uh, humbling and rewarding to see the afterglow on some of these gentlemen and ladies who are really, really struggling came up and were thanking me and, you know, just so, uh, so gracious in their thanks for this little, um, you know, this little set of music and stories that I did for them. So I was, I came out of there on cloud nine, came home really, really wiped out. But what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you a rebroadcast. Um, a lot of people never heard this one. And this is Matt O'Ree. Um, and he's a New Jersey um, amazing guitar player, singer-songwriter. And uh, the big story is that he got Bruce Springsteen to go in the studio with him. And Bruce played and sang on Matt's song, and uh, I'm just going to bring us right into where Matt and I first uh, hooked up and got connected. And th- special thanks to Gene Foley for introducing us. And um, I just want to say I'm such a supporter of uh, Matt's work. And I have his new album in my car, and, and I love it. And, and I think you guys are going to dig this music. Go out and support him. And uh, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. And just enjoy this rebroadcast 
of um, New Jersey superstar Matt O'Ree. So one thing we share in common is is I did play the Stone Pony a long time ago. Tell me how did the um, the consummation of the new album go like you guys broke it at the at the Stone Pony just very recently, correct? We did, yeah. It was it was you know again, it's always such an honor to be at the Stone Pony, such a legendary venue, and uh, and the people that work there really just you know they're so about the music. So it's 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 a it's a rarity of a venue, right? In today's day and age, of um, uh, of a place that really supports live music, you know, honestly from the heart, you know, and all the people that work there are, are there for the good of making. A great show, right? You know? So it's it's you, know, you usually see that kind of thing more on the theater level, level than so much a rock club, right? Anymore, but uh, so it was great. We had a, a fantastic turnout, and uh, being the day before Thanksgiving is such a huge bar night for most musicians, and everybody's yeah. working. Um, I was really happy with the turnout, considering considering that we're competing with most other venues too. Yeah, congratulations on that. Breaking the new album, Brotherhood, it's called. That's the title, right? Um, and just for folks around the world who um, who listen to this show in all 61 countries now, um, the Stone Pony is the legendary um, home of so many great artists. Bruce Springsteen gave it, I guess, the most uh, notoriety, which we're going to talk a little bit about, Bruce, um, and your affiliation with him as we get into the interview. But it's a place that, um, as Matt says, it, it, it really, really caters to the original artist. And we wish there were more venues like that, uh, not only in New Jersey, but everywhere in the world, because I know everybody struggles with the same thing. You know, where do we play? How do we get fairly compensated? And how do we get some notoriety for what we do? So tell me about, um, there's a lot of things I want to ask you. Tell me about the project, how this came to be. It's a full length album, which I love to see. I'm a big fan of still doing you know, the full album is just awesome. So I commend you for uh, having the bravery to march forth and not just do the EP, but go for the full album. So uh, awesome, man, on that. So tell us about it. How did this come to fruition? Sure. It was, um, I mean, this this album has been kind of a, a local, uh, not a joke, but a, um, a lot of people have said, you know, equated it to probably third stage from Boston. Okay. <laughs> Where, <laughs> It was one of those several years kind of, you know, uh, of working on it. So right. essentially it started, uh, I had finished my last um, uh, DVD that I did back in 2008. Uh, and this producer I had met, John Liedersdorf, who had a place in uh, Asbury Park, which still still does, called Lake House Music. Um, he and I started working together. And he got a call from uh, a studio friend of his out in L.A. that needed to do a session with Hubert Sumlin from who was Howlin' Wolf's guitar player. Oh, okay, great. So uh, Hubert had to come into to a, a local studio, and Hubert was living in New Jersey at the time. So he came to Lake House to do this session for somebody in L.A. And of course, as we know with today's technology, you can record here and email it, and have you know and minutes later they have it in California, the the track that you're looking for. Right. So um, so Hubert was coming in, and um, I had that particular day booked for myself to work on my record. So, of course, I pushed my session aside for Hubert because I'm such a Hubert fan. Right. Uh, 
And I had met Hubert at the Guitar Center contest I had won in 2006. Oh, yeah. By the way, congratulations on that. I was reading as the notes. 4,000 guitar players competed in this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you came out on the top, man. The cream always rises to the top. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It, was, it was such an honor to, to win that. It was That was the first big accolade of my career that really set it apart to say, wow, I, I, I did this. I beat, I beat, you know, I won the contest that that was you know it, it was, and to meet bb king because he was involved yeah. in it and, and john mayer and hubert sumlin rick nielsen you know it, it was just it was just um it, it was an amazing experience yeah i always so, say that uh not to interject here but bb king you know tragically we lost him but he's like the testament for all musicians i feel because there's a man that was so connected to his passion and he was in his I think late 80s or something when he passed and he like literally played up until like almost the day he died. I remember him putting up a Facebook post said, I'm fine. I'm just taking some time in a hospice. Thanks for your prayers. And then he was gone just like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, he was, it was obviously the music that kept him alive for so many years. And, you know, God bless him, you know, obviously with, with his weight issue and, and his diabetes, issue you know that he that he made it that long but thankfully he, he did for all of us yeah uh, he, and he kept that music alive so getting, getting a chance to meet him in 2006 it was the best way i could des- describe him was he is like the the night he's the best gentleman i think i've ever if that makes sense like he's just yeah he's just a gentleman like there's just no you know he was so just full just class all the way and just well spoken and, and he was he was he was really really nice to me yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, so Hubert had to come in to do this session, um, and uh, when he came to the studio, he, he recognized me from the contest, and so we started talking. And Hubert did his song; he had to do it for the for the client in L.A. And then I asked him if he'd be interested in playing on one of mine since he was here. Right. And he uh, it, right right away said, "Yeah, no problem. I'd love to hear it." And and I remember him commenting on the drum track, and and he's like, he's like, "Who's?" Who's on drums? Like, like for whatever reason, that, that that drum track really rang a bell with him. Right. So that's essentially how the whole the whole brotherhood thing started was was from Hubert, and then it was like, well, huh? We got this guy on the record. I wonder who else we can get. And yeah. Start going through our, through our phone numbers of people we've met all these years and. Yeah. So speaking of, this is a good time to break this one out. And we got to get the backstory on this. But for those of you people who have not heard of this guy um, who used to traipse around Asbury Park um, and play gigs all the time, his name is Bruce Springsteen, I think. (laughs) Did I pronounce it right? Anyway, this is Matt's song and it's called Black Boots. Check this out. Here we go. superstitious man, no, but these shoes ain't got a curse on them, yo, sometimes I think that they're just chasing me, don't believe in conspiracies, but seems like they got it out for us, coincidence is a little too much to Coming up, dark times, I can't stop this back. 
Love's not a who I am No, so so what does it take to get you and Bruce riled up together to sing like that? Not much, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I actually one of uh, after Bruce had cut the track for me and sent it over it was you know one of those reality things like you know hitting you in the face like oh my god Bruce really just sang on my song right uh, and and then to hear it to, to hear the quality of of his voice on that on that, on that track. You know, so- when I first heard it, I got to tell you, Matt, it seemed like he just, he had, he was so insightful into your music. Now, obviously he's, you know, he's Bruce Springsteen, he's being the Bruce thing, but he kind of like dug in and, and found your vibe. I feel like he, I, I, he put himself into your world of music, which is great. I just love it. You know, when I, when I had originally, uh, how I got to having Bruce on the record, of course, you know. Yeah, give us that story, man. That's the story. <laughs> you taking notes out there, everybody? Write this down. <laughs> of, of course, the Hubert Sumlin thing led to who else can we get on, on this on this record? And, and of course, you know Bruce Springsteen being the the big long shot of wow. I wonder if that would even happen. So right, um, mm. I, I from from teaching guitar, which was an inspiration from the guy that I studied with. 
he always said, you know, hey, you really got to teach more guitar. You got to teach more guitar. And I was like, well, why is that? He's like, well, because you can make your own schedule. You can make your, you know, you can create your own life. And of course, you can cancel if you need to go play because that's right. that's our that's our end game is the performance side of it. Yeah. So, um, so as I started teaching more, I wound up meeting more students through students through students. And one day, I, I show up to to one of my students' house, and he's like, "Hey, do you mind if my friend hangs out for the lesson?" And both thirteen-year-old kids, and I was like, "No, of course not. He's more than welcome." You know, so halfway through the lesson, I'm I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, "God, he looks familiar." Yeah, I, I just I, I think I know him from somewhere. Oh, oh, <laughs> now I know who it is. It looks just like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, wow, that that was really, that's really cool, and you know, it was really great to meet him. So it's Bruce's son. You were you ended up teaching? Yeah, for for quite some time. Wow. So, so as I after I won the guitar center contest, I'm I'm in the audience with with all my friends that drove out from Chicago. Where, where the final round was at, at right. the House of Blues, and we're celebrating, having drinks, and you know, shots and left and right, and big celebration for something I just finally accomplished. You know, so uh, I I checked my voicemail, and it was a voicemail from from Patty saying, "Hey, c- can you come teach our son? He really really enjoyed hanging out with you." Yeah, and and it was just like one of those days. Was like, wow, I won, I just won Guitar Center, and now I'm going to teach Bruce's son. Yeah, couldn't you spread that good love out a little bit? You know, it all comes in one truckload. You know, it's like almost like all the shitty days I had in my life, and it all comes like this. I know. What happened, man? Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, everything at once. It sure, it sure felt like it. So. Yeah. So so, uh, so with so, the, with the track, like, did you have the track like? Um, did you have the track for some time? The Black Boots song was that like around for a while before? Like the you know when did the idea of hey let's try to get um, somebody to sing on this or would, did it just come out of left field? How did it happen that that Bruce was the guy for this? Because it sounds well, like he was custom made for this it, track it, with you, which is the ma- the amazing part of Bruce as as an artist. So. Um, after teaching his son for quite some time, you know, he had asked me, he's like, hey, do you have any new stuff you're working on? And I think I was on like version two or three of, of Black Boots at this point because it had evolved o- over over time. Um, so I said, yeah, I have this, this, you know, a couple songs we're working on, so I'll, I'll bring a CD for you next week. Um, so I show up for the lesson, you know, the week after, and, and, and his son was like, you know, Matt, I really love that song that you did, that, that first one. And I'm like, oh, Black Boots. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really you know great rock song, and he goes, my my dad liked it too, yeah. and, was, and I'm like, I'm like, wait, wait, what? Like, you you played it for your dad? He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I figured I figured he'd want to hear it too, and I'm like, I can't believe you played it for your dad. I, I didn't give it to you to play for your dad, but yeah. thank you. Right? Yeah, you know, I was like, I didn't want to put him in an awkward position too. So, so he's like, yeah, I, you know, he really really liked the song, so. After the lesson, I was leaving the house, and, and, and I bumped into Bruce in the driveway, and, and Bruce was like, Matt, I, I really like that song you did. And I was just like, I couldn't say this, but I'm like, can I quote you on that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so with, with, with every, every ounce of courage I had inside me, from my toes up to my head, I, said, I had to squeak it out of my mouth saying, you know, would you be up for playing on it? Like, like maybe a guitar solo or something like that? And, and he just kind of thought back, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do something on it, and I was just like that moment of like, oh my god, I, I got to go tell the whole world now, but right. I can't. <laughs> yeah, right. You you don't want to until like it's it's actually printed and on on the disc, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. So that- it, it, you know, Bruce and I had talked about it a few more times. You know, past that, and then it, it was it was a good you know few years before Bruce actually was able to get to it because of his touring schedule and everything else. Yeah. So right. uh, you know, so so when he you know I had the last time I had talked to him about it, I was like you know I didn't mean to put you on the spot with just a guitar solo. If you, you know, you're more than welcome to do anything you want on the song. And the cool thing about Bruce is that he's like. He's like, well, I, I really want to add something to the song musically, like, you know. And Bruce knows what that song of, with his performance on it could do for my career, of course, and for right. for you know drawing people into a venue. And uh, and like Bruce doesn't care about any of that; he cares about the music. And and right. that was that was the thing that was so cool about about you know just knowing him as a person is that is that when he showed, when, I guess obviously when he did the track finally, that he kind of put himself into the into that music, like you said, he implanted himself into the music and became that music, which is... Well, you know, it, it struck me when I first listened to it, I said, you know what, I know he's on that, but then I'm saying he's kind of, he kind of like, um, kind of transformed himself a bit. Like I said, he put himself into your brand, you know, and and I just, you know, that's um, that's such so, accolades. He didn't try to make it the Bruce song, you know, he made it Matt's song and just added his his stuff into it, which was awesome. Amazing, yeah. 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 I'm I'm glad that you feel that way because I, I I felt the same way. Yeah, it's a great track. Hey, let's do another one. What do you think? My everything. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. let's do it. Here we go with Matt O'Reilly. Check this out. Oh, 
That was really, really awesome. Um, we're just talking on the break here. That was called My Everything. So give me the backstory. Um, David, Brian, and you wrote this together? We did, yeah. It, was, uh, it wasn't long after I did the Bon Jovi tour uh, with, with John and those guys uh, last fall. Um, you know, David and I were just hanging out at his house, and he's like, you know, we, I think I got a cool riff that could really fit with what you're doing, but right. you know, bring some of that, that commercial you know, uh, appeal of the Bon Jovi side to the seventies, you know, rock guitar, rock stuff that I'm doing. Right. And, uh, and, and that was the song that we wound up, uh, squeaking out of his, of his, of his foyer. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us, you know, rewind the clock a little bit, how, um, you and David got hooked up originally, how you guys met, like, how did that whole thing pan out? Sure. That was also from, um, Ironically, a, a lot of things have come out of me teaching and, and who their parents knew and who, who their friends knew. And it's, it's amazing that the connections I've, I've established and the friendship, friendships I've established through teaching guitar. So uh, I was teaching this one student, and then I hadn't seen him in probably five years. Uh, and one day I'm playing uh, in this local pub called Jamian's in Red Bank. I used to play there the first Friday of every month. And uh, across the street is, is a is a, a Asian fusion restaurant called Teak, and David Bryan and his wife are, are part owners in that business. So, I didn't know that they knew this student I taught all these years ago. And one night I'm playing at Jamian's across the street, and and who comes walking in is my my old student with David Bryan and his wife and and company and everybody else. So right. Um, and then it's, so you know I was like, wow, I haven't seen you in so long to my student. He's like, yeah, yeah. I brought my friend David over to come see you play, and I'm like, oh, I, I know who who David Bryan is. So you know, I got a chance to meet David, and uh, you know, two two seconds later, I said, David, man, you're, you're more than welcome to come up and play a song with us, man. I I, I would really be honored. Right. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, came right up, and from the first note we played together, it was like, wow, we're we're you know, the amazing part of music. It's like brings friends together. Yeah. Well, that, that's exactly what happened with, with he and I, and it was just from that first note we played, it was like, okay. Um, I'm gonna be, you know, we're we're, we're gonna be good friends. I I think we're gonna be okay. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, so then, how did you get to my everything? Like, was that like years later, or that happened pretty soon? Uh, like it was you... about, I guess, maybe two years of of being friends with David. And next thing I know, he, you know, he starts hiring us for some of his private parties at his house. And then, um, then he hired my band to be his backup band for uh, a big fundraiser we did over in Italy for for a friend of his. Wow, nice gig. Oh, that was great! It was so much fun, and we had a you know police escort and the whole thing. It was it was the first time I had seen that. Yeah, <laughs> and then um th- and then we did another show for him down in St. Bart's uh and, and the islands for New Year's Eve. He, he hired my band to be his band again, right? Uh, and and we did a, a big show at a place called Nikki Beach, uh, down in St. Bart's, which is St. Bart's is like the big island where all the super super rich people go for New Year's Eve, and and it was neat to see all those. I mean, massive yachts. I think they had two helicopter pads on one yacht, one on the front, one on the back. <laughs> just, wow. in case, just in case you don't want to walk to the front, you can take the helicopter to, to the front <laughs> of the boat. Crazy, man. That's so, crazy. So then from that, you know, and one, one day he's like, you know, hey, John's really coming up short for an extra guitar player for this tour. You know, would you be interested in, in auditioning? And I, of, course I, of course I said yes. And, yeah. You know, so so uh, lo and behold, got the audition and got a chance to meet John at his house and, and played a few songs for him. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm in rehearsals with him. Wow. Wow. And that, how long did that tour go? Uh, that was uh, just about a month. Yeah. And it was, it was uh, I think it was 12 shows in, in, in a month. So there, there, there was some downtime in there. Right. But, uh, 
we, we had a, a little bit of difficulty in, in Korea. There was a, a typhoon that came through that kind of wiped out one show. Wow. So, uh, so some, some of the, um, but, you know, the, the travel and arrangements were just wonderful. Yeah. What an, what an experience, man, to get, to get that under your belt, that touring and everything. So tell me, tell me more about your band and where you guys are presently now with the release of this album. What's going on with you guys? Are you, are you touring? Are you thinking about another record? Like, what's the, what's the plan for you right now? Sure. Uh, right now, it's just, you know, we're promoting, you know, as much as we possibly can, obviously, when the holidays hit, you know, usually today is like the end of the music industry until until after after the new year, you know, right. so everyone takes off. So um, we're just going to be promoting from now probably through, you know, through January and through February as well. And then uh, I'm hoping to get back on the road with this to support the record in March. Right. Um, so we're we're shopping for a few booking agencies and stuff like that. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But it's mostly all the radio promo and, and the radio that I'm doing with you today. What would be your preference, Matt? Um, would you like to, you know, break this album out regionally, or would you like to do a national tour, international? If you had your way, what do you think is the best approach for you at this point? You know, I, I'm 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 up for anything. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, uh, I would love to get over to Europe because I have so many fans and stuff over there, especially since the Bon Jovi stuff. The Bon Jovi fan club is so huge. Yeah, worldwide, it's, it's globally. It's just amazing how many. How many fans that he has after all these years of touring, and that he's still doing it. So, and a lot of those fans really took to me, which I'm I'm really honored to have them as fans and as friends. Right. So I I would love to get overseas with it, and of course, you know, any anything in the states would be fantastic. Yeah. Hey, let's um let's play another track. I want to play this one. This is called Life, and this is Matt. So check this one out. <laughs> Just don't give 
So that song was pretty awesome, man. Life. Can you give us the backstory on that? What is life all about? Why did you write that one? What's the metaphor behind that one? You know, I, I started I started working on that. Um, the, the riff was from a couple of years ago, at least. We were on tour somewhere in Kentucky, and I started playing with this riff during a sound check. And, you know, thank God for the iPhone and the voice recorder, because I, I use it constantly for... Yeah. Um, even when I'm teaching, I might come up with an idea as I'm, as I'm explaining a riff to a student. Right. They're like, wow, that, that, that's kind of a cool thing, and I'll just throw it on my phone real quick. So, you know, after a month of, of you know, a, a weekly or weekly or bi-weekly or monthly review of my, my voicemails, there, my, my uh, voice recorders... Um, <clears throat> I wind up stumbling across that riff, and I'm like, "Wow, I, I forgot this was from a couple of years ago on the road." So uh, I started working on some words, and this uh, this was right before I think I before I had gotten the call to actually do the tour. Um, but uh, so it was essentially the last thing I wrote right before I went on, I went on tour with Bon Jovi, and it was just the, you know summing up all the things of like struggling through the music industry and and what it's like for me trying to per- portray that. To the listener to say, "Hey, that this is how I this is how I was feeling at that time." Right. It's, it's it's one of my favorite songs that I've written. Love it. Good melody. I mean, it's really awesome. And um, we were talking a little bit about how the way you know what what's going on with Matt and what he's going to be doing, like as far as touring and everything else while, while you guys were on the break. But one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to start teaching guitar right away because you have the magic, the magic key to how to get things done, baby. Just teach guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the, it was, that was the advice from my teacher. So I'm, yeah. 
I'm giving I'm giving that same advice to everybody else. Yeah, it's awesome, man. You you got a you got a charmed life these days, and I know it didn't happen overnight. Hey, tell me a little bit about um your writing process, Matt. What is the um what is the go to thing for you, or is there a go to thing? Any special time to write? Is it just when inspiration hits you? Is it you know just having a legal pad? Is it mostly on the guitar? What's your your process for writing songs? You know, it's it's, it's kind of everything that you just said it's it's it, it is that legal pad for me or or, or a lot of times I, i'm doing it on my computer now because it's easier to edit words and move 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 you know move words around edit, you know copying and pasting but um but mostly you know it's, for me it usually starts with a guitar riff is, right. is, is where it is because guitar being my main instrument and that was my my first love and it always will be um, and and my most passion is through the guitar as the instrument. So um, it usually starts with that for me. But you right. know, and everybody writes a little bit different. But I'm always trying to figure some way to be able to say, you know, the emotions that I'm trying to put into the song or the message I'm trying to put into that song, something that's going to really connect with people. You know, and that that was one thing I learned about John. Is like after playing all John's music for that tour, like every single song connects to hundreds of thousands of people right it's like, okay well that there, there's a lesson right there you know for myself it's like okay how do i do that but in the own style of the style of music that i like to play which is more again that 70s you know guitar rock stuff yeah so so it's 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 a it's a, it's a tough balance you know to, to try to make that happen but one of my favorite bands bad company i think kind of really struck a chord with that you know where a lot of their songs still had such great you know emotion and feeling but it had a great message that came across to to the listener they're still amazing i mean i i saw some concert of them recently that they played just not too long ago and uh um who's the lead singer um paul rogers paul i mean he still like sounds amazing the guy's um, like he's un- incredible you know he's he's you know i mean he always to me was one of the greatest rock singers ever i, I think yeah the, i think the voice show called him the voice oh really <laughs> which, 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 which is, which is funny. but I, I i got a chance to open for him uh on a show at um in newark north jersey and uh, he was the, one of the, again one of the nicest people, and it was and just to hear him sing, you know, it's just it's yeah. just effortless for him. It's just it's it, just I, like all his songs had that stamp of you know it it came from like you said the voice you know that he has just takes any song that might be just a good song and immediately makes it a great song. You know, I know. just what he does with it. Hey, get, tell me a little bit about gear. Like, what do you and you know not to spend too much time. Like, I, I got to ask this, but like, what do you what do you like, man? <laughs> I think that's a can of worms because that could go on for days. Yeah, I know. Just give me the the stripped down Reader's Digest version. What do you play? What kind of guitar do you play? Sure, uh, I, I have a, a few different historic Les Pauls from Gibson, and uh, you know the hit the custom shop there does such beautiful work you know and and it's you know but even but even again you still got to sift through guitars to find find the one that you like you know because that not every guitar is the same Ah 1956 special baby that's awesome (laughs) p90s huh with 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 p90s in it yeah i changed one of them i changed one of the pickups yeah yeah so so you you like to switch it up how about your your gear on your amp like what do you like uh, to play? So 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 it's really my, my setup is so simple and you know I, I remember the Bon Jovi techs you know c- kind of you know chuckling when they saw my rig because it, it's really just the Les Paul. Yeah, have, plug I, it in. That's all. Plug it in the wall. We're done. That, that's you know <laughs> when, when you get the right amp, yes, you can do that. You know? Yeah. 
So, well, uh, it's a testament to you as a, as an artist, meaning guitar player slash artist, because um, you know it's the old you know. Speaking of the Les Paul, there there was um there was a story that uh, Leslie West used to play up at the Showplace in Dover, and uh, somebody brought him one of those mini Les Pauls, the little the I yeah, forget yeah. The, the tiny one, yeah. and the guy brought it in. He said, you know, Leslie was playing that night. He said, I can't do anything with this thing. It feeds back like crazy, and Leslie just went up turned. All the amps up to 10. <laughs> Gets up there and the thing never fed back. It just had total control, volume control. It's just, Correct, yes. he was just a master, you know, with a, you know, like a painter. You know, he just knew how to do this stuff. That's, that's how I operate too. I, I operate where the amp is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Right. Not, not relying on pedals to make the amp sound better. So, um, so yeah, so it's my, one of my Les Pauls through, uh, I have a 67 Vox Wah that I just love, a, a real one. And I've tried many different ones, and, and some of them are really good nowadays, but, but it's still just something magical about that pedal. Um, I do have a Tube Screamer on my pedal board, which I rarely use. Right. Um, I usually only use engage that if, if one of the preamp tubes in my amp is starting to futz out. Yeah. And it's not giving me the gain structure I'm looking for, then I'll use the pedal. And that's it. And then I, I go into a, um, I either I have two different Express amps from Trainwreck. Trainwreck was a, a New Jersey-based company in Colonia, um, they were one of the first boutique companies that him and Howard Dumble was the West Coast guy. And those two guys, the West Coast guy, East Coast guy, they pretty much single-handedly started the whole boutique industry. And now it's like you can throw a stone and hit anybody that's building an amp in their basement. So, yeah, that's um, become huge. Oh, my know, God. Like, yeah, so, it's unfortunately, crazy. You know, the owner of Trainwreck, uh, Ken Fisher, he, he passed away in 2006. Um, so, but his, his friend that helped him all those years is now making the amps again. Right. And they, they, they're not cheap, but they sound fantastic. And, and it's really his, his amp design was, was really for that plugging straight in, let the amp do all the work. Right. And, and all your work is off your volume knob. So from, from one to three on your volume knob on your guitars, all your clean tones from three to five would be your mid, you know, rhythm rock tones Right. And then from from six to ten is all your lead tones, and it and what a what an amazing difference when you play through one from your volume knob going from five to six on your guitar. It's like oh my god, it's a huge difference. Yeah. So you have, you have this huge palette of sounds right from the volume knob, but you have to be the kind of player that can that can handle the amp because it it will feed back for days, and and, and yeah. you got you have to control it. Right. Yeah. yeah gotta love that stuff. And I, I'm really happy that you are in the, the, you know, the area of, um, the type of, of songs and sound you create using that 70s sound. Give us some of your, your heroes when you were growing up, Matt, like who did you listen to that really influenced you and, and made you become the artist that you are today? I, you know, I always have to accredit the first person ever that touched me like that was, was Jimi Hendrix. Okay. So as, soon, as soon as I heard that feedback and and those fuzz fuzz tones, you know, from a Stratocaster, it was just it was just something about it. And then and of course seeing them on at this time at that point was VHS was where you could see them, you know. Right. But uh, you know, renting it from Blockbuster wherever I had found it, you know, it's just yeah, you, know, you couldn't take your eyes off them. It was just like just like it was just amazing to to watch him play guitar. Yeah. And, if, and if, you know, shortly after that was Eric Clapton. Jimmy uh, and Jim, Jimmy Page was a huge, huge uh, influence on me too. I, I Led Zeppelin's still my favorite band of all time. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, they they just they had that whole. Um, not only did they have a very unique rock thing going on, but their acoustic stuff was just off the wall, man. It was oh. just great, great was, songwriting, was, and the tones. Like Page was a very very gifted uh, uh, producer and engineer, like coming up with all those sounds. You know, it was just really amazing. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. He's, it's just you know so many guitar players that like study music or go to Berkeley Music College and stuff. They always. A lot of them will complain that Jimmy Page was sloppy and he was this and that. It was like, yeah, but look, look at all the things that he was. Right. Yeah. You know, stop, <laughs> stop looking at the negative. Like, I mean, he constructed the greatest rock band that ever was, and nobody's ever come close. Yeah. Maybe there was Deep, something Deep about Purple, maybe, but Who? but not. Maybe Deep Purple came oh, close right. to it, but but as far as what they have accomplished is is just. No, nobody can touch that. Yeah, it know? was never like it was a surprise. Every record they came out with was like, "What is this? This, you know, it's they they reinvented themselves every time they came out with a new album, which was really amazing." Hey, tell me about um, tell me about you and social media. Do you use it? Do you leverage it? If so, like what platforms are you using? Sure, um, we we're a big Facebook presence and uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. And it's it's you know again it's a really it's a, it is a really great tool for the independent artist that you can promote yourself you know it's right. it's it's still not what once the machine used to be of the record company and and having the publicist and everything else on board but for somebody that you know that that's again independent there's a lot of things that you can do on your own right but then if, unfortunately it then then puts all those things that, on your own plate, so now you got more stuff to do besides getting to the gig and actually playing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so it, it it has its upsides and its downsides. But you know, again, for for someone like me, where I did that Bon Jovi tour and met all these fans and, and gained all these Facebook fans, now that that it's it's pretty neat when, when you throw something up on on Twitter and, and you got people from you know China, you know, retweeting your tweet. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a trip. <laughs> well, that that was huge. Yeah, that just getting you know that kind of notoriety and and people embracing who you are as an artist too uh so it kind of works both ways it's definitely a necessary evil i think today um and and i say that you know respectfully because um like you say some of these can get overwhelming like i mean i i last year i got on everything i tried all of the you know and i all of the platforms that were out there and i had to strip it down because it just got completely overwhelming you know there's just too many things periscope and SoundCloud, and uh you know there's just a new one every day it feels like um let's do it's gonna be all right what do you say sure all right here we go with matt check this one out can tell which way we are Although time stands still once again The struggle, the fight we are living Yet we can't see light to the end Yesterday seemed to fly right back Yet I can't stop staring at you time we met and you grabbed my hand I can barely bring myself to speak No, I can't bring myself
Digging that riff, man. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> Tell us what what possessed you to write this one. This was a really good song. That that was uh, I actually started with what s- sort of sounds like the chorus, but it's not. It's it's the pre-chorus, but it's just it became one of the songs that we all laugh about in the band because it's it's the song of choruses, right? Because the verse sounds like a chorus, the pre-chorus sounds like a chorus, and then the chorus sounds like a chorus. So it was like you know. Um, but I, I actually wound up writing it about Erin is, is what it's about. Awesome. That's, and, and is it is it her favorite song? It's got to be. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, it's so funny you say that because sometimes you got to throw the rule book out the window. And, and I think for, for a neophyte, it is really, really great to, um, to learn song structure and craft are very, very important for writers, I believe. Sure. But um, some, of the, some of the greatest songs um, just – 
you know, were, well, the chorus came first and that's supposed to be like rule number one. You never do that, you know? Yeah, of course. So I think follow your heart more than anything, you know, learn all the craft you can, but, but follow what the, you know, the song kind of knows all the song tells you what it's supposed to be. And if you listen, if you're a good listener, you'll pick up on that. And I think, uh, so hats off to you for writing that one. Can you tell us, uh, bring us into the studio a little bit on that, Matt, tell us about, you know, the guys in your band a little bit and, and, um, you know, who's playing what and where sure um john hummel is our our drummer and he really you know i've i've again being a huge led zeppelin fan john bonham being my favorite drummer of all time and um i gotta say you know john hummel really plays like john bonham and it's not even like it's not that john's trying to be like john right of course he, of course he loves you know his biggest influence is is a uh, bonham but uh john's just that person that just plays that way he's just like he's not He's not anything else but that, you know. So yeah. if, if that that's your that's your bag, you know, he's 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 the guy to do it. So right. Um, I, I had met him through the owner of Lake House. I was looking for a drummer. This is, you know, and the other reason why the record's taken so long is because I did change personnel and uh, we changed songs and then we eventually changed producers and studios and on down the road and waiting for all the guest stars, you know, to be able to perform their part with their schedules going on. So that's the reason why it's taken so long. Um, so uh, I, I had first heard John on a MySpace sound clip, which doesn't, I don't think anybody even, is even on MySpace anymore. <laughs> Whose space is it anyway? I, it's not I, MySpace anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yours either, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't think so. You've moved so, uh, on. <laughs> I, I, I heard a clip of John just playing this, this, this drum beat, and, it was like, and as soon as I heard it, I'm like, I don't know who that guy is, but that's the guy. Yeah. And uh, and so I wound up tracking him down, and he's another New Jersey guy, and he's been playing with me for the last six years. And um, about the same time, uh, Scott Bennett on on bass guitar, and Scott uh, I've known for years and years, and I've always been trying to get him into my band. And then it, it took took years to to make that happen because he was always committed with with another project. He's so a good player, uh, he's, yeah, he's he's right. <clears throat> excuse me, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, we have a, a couple of different keyboard players we're using right now. Matt Wade is one of them, and he did all the B3 organ on the record. Nice. And Dave, Dave Archer is another brilliant, brilliant keyboard player, and uh, he, he did some of uh, the um, uh, Fender Rhodes uh, electric piano stuff. Yeah. And, and then he also did the, the clavinet stuff, too, as well. Love that. Man, you're using all the classic sounds, the Fender Rhodes and the clav. That's all really great stuff. Yeah, and the, the B3 and the Mellotron. Yeah, so when you go out and play live, what's what's the um, you know what's the lineup? Oh sure, and then, well, we we also have uh, my my girlfriend Erin Schul singing uh, uh, backgrounds with me, and then also uh, Leon Holmes is our other background singer. So we have the two singers: myself, guitar, vocals; Scott Bennett, bass guitar. Uh, either Dave Archer will be on keyboards, or Matt Wade, depending on on schedules, and then uh, John Hummel on drums. Nice job, Erin. You sounded really good in there. <laughs> she's in the background. <laughs> so uh, see that? She's background on the record and she's background in the, on the interview. We got to get her up front on the mic oh, one of I'll these days, you, maybe on the next interview. She, she can sing like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she's, she's, she's so amazing that she should not be singing backgrounds, but she has her own career too. So anybody who's interested, check out AaronShul.com and, and she's awesome. We'll she's put it in the show notes for sure, Aaron. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you too. Yeah. Hey, so um, so tell me about the lineup when you go out and play live. Um, for do you have like s- different type of um, 
lineups or can you play three piece? Do you, do you have, do you insist on it being like, you got to represent this record the best you can. So if you had your way, how would you, you know, how would you have the lineup for four piece, five piece? Uh, it's, I mean, it's usually, it would usually be the <clears throat> six of us. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we, we've done uh, versions of this show uh, where it was the six of us doing an acoustic show with, with John on a real small drum kit um, playing the same songs. And, and the songs, you know, again, a, a good song should stand on its own, whether it's a solo acoustic or a full band acoustic or a three-piece acoustic or a three-piece electric. It should be right. able to... You know, it should still translate if the song is is written well enough. Right. And uh, I I I feel that 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 it's great. It's, I I I love doing the acoustic stuff too. I mean, again, being a huge Clapton fan, and I I love when Eric does that too. Right. You know, um, we're already winding down. I got about a million more questions, so I think we're gonna have to do another round of this, Matt. What do you think? I'd be happy to. <laughs> hey, Absolutely. so uh, you know, before we before we say goodbye, I want you to please give us um, your best place for people to connect to you, purchase your music, support you, um, website, or where do we go to uh, to pick up this Brotherhood album and find out all about Matt O'Ree? The best place right now for the actual album, because I I'm a huge fan of buying the physical copy. Yeah, baby. Is, is at one of our shows, of course. You know, come come see us. Come come meet us. You know, we're we're open, friendly people. We're always happy to meet people. Um, we, we'll sign the CD for you, of course. We're we're honored to do that. Um, but uh, mainly, our also our, our website mattore.com, m-a-t-t-o-r-e-e.com, and it should be up on iTunes momentarily too. We're we're having some glitches on that side of iTunes, but it should be up for for downloads. You know, to to be a good to go. Awesome. And I want to complain formally about everybody taking the apostrophe out of our names, all you credit card people and stuff. I'm with the apostrophe in there. I know, me too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, brother, this was awesome. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, even though it's the holidays and sharing all the stories. Uh, we'll get into some more of the granular stuff next time we meet. But um, just want everyone to please support Matt. Go to his website, uh, support him, purchase his music, go to the shows. And this is a real authentic. Authentic New Jersey artists, you guys should be proud. And people around the world log in and support Matt. Matt, thank you so much for being a part of Dharmic Evolution. Thank you for having me. Black Boots, featuring the boss, none other than Bruce Springsteen. My everything is you. Life. It's gonna be all right. I hope you guys enjoyed this rebroadcast. What a great guy, an amazing talent. Support Matt O'Ree. Uh, check him out. Just Google him. Find out where he's playing and check out his shows. Um, the guy's the real deal. Also, for you folks who have not yet signed up on the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, head over there and please do so. If you've got a new song, a new album, a new photo shoot, did you just put a book out? What are you doing that you need some uh, notoriety? That's what we put the page up there for. So go please sign up. And for all of those who have downloaded my Depression Fighters Manual, it's on my Facebook page, James Kevin O'Connor Music. Go over there. You get some free downloads. Send it to someone you love, and uh, it will help them out in their struggles. That's it for me today. It's a wrap. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, 
I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.